Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Holloway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and your boy is back with a voice memo for an intro for this episode. Just want to keep you guys updated on the movie progress, everything that's going on. The name of this voice memo is Liberty Tree Mall 3 because I started two before this and I'm currently outside the Liberty Tree Mall in Danvers, Massachusetts. Why am I here? It's a great question. Thank you for asking. I'm going to the AMC here to introduce myself to the general manager and to tell him, yo, dude, I'm dropping a movie this summer. I want to put it in this theater. How do I do it? And honestly, I already know how I have to do it. But it's not introducing myself to the general manager, quite honestly. It's actually going to corporate, who I'm already communicating with, and saying, all right, how do we work this out? How do I put my movie in your theater? Quite honestly. Now, I just want to introduce myself to the general managers here and at all these other theaters that I've been popping around to just so they know I'm a good guy, what the goal is, what we're trying to do in the city and the state. That's what I'm doing right now. And also mentally... It allows me to just keep momentum going. If, I, if I'm talking to everybody every day about what we have coming out, it, it allows me to just keep the ball rolling a little bit, if that makes sense. Now, in terms of production right now, the two drives have shipped to both Benny in Brooklyn and Abot Studios, Alex and Caesar in Chicago. So that means VFX and color are underway. VFX leg two. Now, I don't know how long the process is going to take. I would say, I think if we're concise and we execute, it should take about six weeks. But it could take longer and it could be shorter. Now, VFX is a totally new beast to me. I have never done any sort of VFX with a VFX house before. If you look at Adderall Boy... I did my own VFX with these like overlays, these like 4K overlays on my hands that were already pre-keyed. And for film nerd, for non-film nerds who don't get what that means, pretty much I've used already pre-built effects on my movies before. Now this process is much more extensive than I imagined. And I was going, I went into this thing like totally naive. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be quick. Post-production is now we're coming up on. We are at six months of post-production. The whole thing will probably be eight months before we're ready to get in marketing mode, which is crazy. But um, I'm just starting to get the word out there as the movie is being finalized. Now, there's also been a small legal issue with the movie. I don't want to give too much away. But we've used certain content from YouTube in the movie, and I thought it would be fair use to use it because it's really so minor, and it we're not exploiting it. We're not saying anything bad about it. It's just a bit. But what I've learned is that when it comes to copyright and fair use, once you put something out there, it's in the wild. People can take it however they want, and people could sue you. Now, the people who could sue us for this thing could literally sue the life out of us. And I mean it. Literally live in my Civic. They could take everything. They got the ultimate bag. So, on movie number one, I don't want to make that risk, and I'm going to go conservative on this, if that makes sense. Now, ultimately, if you can gather anything from this, just know I'm hustling. 
I'm working hard. This is a great challenge. I love it very much. It's been a hustle. I'm excited to get into the second one. I'm excited to find the right people to make the second one even bigger. But let's focus on this one for now. Next, after this intro, Lexi is interviewing the head of our first VFX production team, Tim Montgomery. I have no idea what they're going to talk about. Tim knew about this project when we started it, started shooting it a year ago today. And I always had him in the back of my mind. And then when it was time to nail VFX, I was like, yo, Tim's super driven, super experienced guy. He'll be perfect for this project. So we brought Tim on. Now, with that being said, it's all love, my brethren. It's all love. It's all love. And it's about to start raining. So I got to get in there. All love. Keep hustling. Lexi, thank you. Take it away. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter. Hi, my name is Tim Montgomery, and this is my golden hour. Welcome back to another episode of GDP, The Director's Cut, where we will be analyzing different aspects of the movie-making process for the GDP movie. And today I am joined by the lovely Tim Montgomery. Thank you so much for joining us, Tim. Hey, Lexi. How's it going? Good, good. And Tim, just to get us started here, can you tell us what you do for the GDP movie? So Connor is, uh, or I'm helping out with the GDP film, doing some visual effects. And that means that uh, we're creating some comets and some um, flames and some pyrotechnic type stuff. Um, we're destroying uh, Boston overall uh, <laughs> as a general rule of thumb. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of having fun going through the shots and like um, we got these really nice video backplates and we're just, we're adding all these layers of fun stuff. And how did you first get into doing VFX work? I have been working in post-production for over 20 years. And um, I started, my, my degree was in like broadcast. And uh, so I had spent some time like in editing, doing editing and stuff like that. But um, once I started working in the industry, um, doing advertising type stuff, um, film stuff, uh, I, you know, you have a need for like skills and stuff. So I, you, I started to broaden my skill set. And um, as projects came in, they would ask for certain things and I would have to go like learn how to how to do that stuff. And yeah, it was, it's just like a cumulative thing over time. Visual effects is a. Uh, it's um, a discipline, so there's like rules that you have to follow, but then there's a lot of artistic like creativity involved too. So there's a lot of stuff to learn before you can really kind of start to think about yourself like as a VFX artist. But over time, like um, it, it, it really is, uh, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting field. Yeah. And just because I, I'm not super familiar with the process, do you mind just kind of going over quickly um, what a typical VFX artist's job is? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's super uh, <clears throat> huge range of stuff. Um, it can include anything from like erasing things out of the shot, um, buffing out things that shouldn't be there. Maybe a logo got into the background or a person walked into the shot that didn't belong there from something like that all the way through to adding a fully realized, you know, CGI transformer into the scene that's 
integrated into the shot and speaking and, you know, interacting with the actors. So there's like this huge range of, of what can be considered visual effects. And, um, that's why it's kind of such a deep field. Um, basically every shot you see on the air has visual effects added to it from in one way or another. And mm -hmm. oftentimes it's very small, little subtle things, but, um, it, it's a lot, it encompasses a lot of different stuff. So what kind of visual effects stuff did you first start out doing? Like motion graphics, animation, um, doing little cleanup stuff for clients, you know, in the ad game, it's like, uh, there's always like a lot of, uh, they always have to like, there's a lot of lawyers involved and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you get a lawyer involved, they look at a shot and they try to find all the things that, you know, they're legally liable for. And then the tool set that I have is perfect for that scenario. And then if they want to take something out or, or put something in, um, that's, that's when they give me a call. That's a really interesting point. What kind of legal liabilities could you run into while doing VFX work? Yeah, um, you know, definitely showing people's likenesses that uh, you don't have rights to um, or showing some sort of products, you know, in a certain way. Maybe I don't know all the details of it. Um, I just get the hit list of what to change mostly. But um yeah, you know, it's that's that's definitely always going to be a thing in media and, and uh, it's something you got to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. And um, have you ever gotten into any legal issues of your own while doing VFX work now? <laughs> uh, no, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, definitely stuff has got yanked back because mm -hmm. it got kicked back or something like that. So we've been working for weeks on something and then the next morning the lawyers wake up and and kill the whole campaign. I've had that happen before, for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, just switching gears a little bit, how did you first meet Connor and get involved with Connor? Connor, uh, I, I picked up the phone and it was Connor on the other end is basically how I met him. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's, he found me somehow, but uh, I was really glad that he did. And it was right kind of during the pandemic kind of starting. Mm -hmm. So the ad stuff shut down, the film stuff shut down for a couple months. Like it just fell off the table. And so it was a good, it was a good timing on his part because I was able to like lean into his stuff a little bit more. And uh, he and I really got to know each other at that point. But um, hold on one second. Sorry, Lexi. No, you're okay. Totally I'm at my office right now. <laughs> and um, where is your office located? Uh, we're in downtown Boston on Columbus Ave, um, near Park Plaza Hotel, know, or the Castle. I don't know if you know where that is. But, yeah, uh, mm -hmm, back day. That's really yep. nice. And, and how here, long have yeah. you have you been there for? Yeah, it's been here since the '90s, early '90s, and um, the the guy that owns our company owns a couple companies like this, and, and he owns the building. So there's like one big happy family here at 162 Columbus Ave in uh, Boston, Mass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what kind of work are you primarily doing there? I, I work and do uh, I, I do a lot of different stuff, but visual effects, editing. Um, we have a screening room and that's kind of my responsibility too. Um, that we, we're trying to open up the door to uh, the film community. The advertising community is definitely uh, clients that we service some very regularly. And then local film community. Um, People coming in from Hollywood, stuff like that. Um, 
and a lot of internet things and all kinds of stuff. So, mm-hmm. and you guys obviously aren't doing a lot of screenings in the pandemic now, correct? We haven't had a screening in about a year now, which totally stinks, but, um, hopefully I'll start back again. We, our screening room is, uh, it's sort of a hidden gem here in the city. Uh, there's nothing like it outside of New York or LA. And, uh, it's a it's a miniature AMC or Lowe's cinema theater for like five people. Um, we have all the same technology that they have, and uh, it allows us to do quality control for theatrical deliveries. So, if we're outputting stuff for the movie theaters, we can verify, you know, what we're doing. Um, but that also gives us like a really robust, like high end visual pipeline, which we mm-hmm. can like do camera tests. We, our, our projection screen is seventeen and a half feet. So we put up, we blow up our shots to this huge projection screen. We can, you know, really see everything. So, and in terms of visual effects, if you're working on VFX, you know, you, you can't hide anything at, at yeah. that size. So, you you know, there's, it's, a, it's like putting a magnifying glass up to your footage and it's a really cool way to work. Yeah, that's extremely cool. Have, yeah. have you had, do you have any like favorite things that you've shown out of uh, the viewing room before? I mean, anytime we can get Hollywood folks in here is cool. Anytime we can get, you know, maybe um, an actor, an actress or something in here. I'm always about that. Um, yeah, I, I just love filmmaking in general. So so anything anything involved in that, I'm, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. So going love, back. No, sorry. Go no. uh, anybody that's like making their film, too, they're super passionate and they want to like come in and see it in this environment. So it's always awesome to see that reaction from people. So they're like making their film and they finally see it up on the big screen. And it's, it's really cool to watch that. So it sounds like you and Connor were then a really good fit for each other. It was, it was pretty fortuitous connection. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, have you read the, the full movie script? I have. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of it when you first read it? I thought it was ambitious. I mean, and the feature films are, are no joke and it's a huge beast gauntlet. I mean, he and I have had many conversations about this and I thought he was biting off a little bit too much, but mm-hmm. I think I underestimated him a little bit because he's just got so much energy and drive. And um, I've seen a lot of, like I've seen a lot of younger filmmakers coming up the chain over 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with a lot of interns and Emerson BU, all these students come in, they all want to be filmmakers. Um, and they don't quite realize what it is they're getting into. And, you know, when they do it, it it's a real eye opener for some people. Um, and some people kind of, it, it's a little bit much or, you know, it's, it's just too much, but for, and I always think that I always assume that they're they're gonna not really be able to do it, especially mm-hmm. the first couple of times. But it just he seems to be breaking that mold for sure. And um, the, he's got a lot. Of, he's a smart kid. He's uh, take he takes criticism better than most kids his age I've seen, which is a really good trait. And uh, he he's just always thinking about everything which is i don't know that's awesome to see from someone his age and i'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to get him in the future and you mentioned that you've worked with a lot of uh like up and coming and young filmmakers what do you think that most people misunderstand about vfx or even just the film industry in general just how hard it is Mm -hmm. yep everybody 
I mean, it, it's just extremely hard work and you got so much competition out there. Um, if you don't come with the hard work as your base level, you know, it's kind of like, forget it. The mm -hmm. hard work, you have to be extremely hard worker as your base and then build off of that. Um, and if you can't do that, you're, you can certainly work in the industry, but you're never going to be like break, a breakout like I think Connor will be. Wow. And um, so where are you on the editing process right now in terms of Connor's film? We're about, I'd say, 45%, 50% of the way through. Um, we've got a lot of like uh, storyboarding done and out of the way. And uh, basically my section is uh, it's a film within a film. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to give away too much, but, you know, the visual effects part is is has a little bit of a story in the story. And so but you have to tell it without sort of actors or anything. you got to tell it with the visuals. And, and so you got to kind of plan it, map it all out and in a very rudimentary sort of humble beginnings way. And then you kind of keep building, building, building. And um, over time, you've got these massive built up hundred layer composites that consist of computer generated graphics, uh, video shot video, um, and whatever else you can bring to the table to kind of realize the vision. And, uh, it's a lot of fun to, to bring it to life. Have there any, have there been any big obstacles or challenges that you've had to overcome so far? Um, the biggest thing that we've been thrashing with, I guess, is, uh, just sort of the look and feel of things. Um, so, cause we're sort of art directing explosions. So we're like kind of creating the way the explosions look, the way they interact with the environment. So that's a really technical thing to do. And, uh, it, it's a, always a challenge every time trying to sort that stuff out. And then by the time you, it's also super render intensive. So once you have your formulas figured out and you hit go, sometimes it takes a couple of days before you have a result. Wow. Um, that kind of turnaround is, you, you, there's not really any room for mistakes in that. So if you have wait a couple of days for a render and it's screwed up, that's a couple of days wasted. That's some serious that's a serious time wasted. So mm -hmm. you want to try to avoid that as much as possible. So you work really, really slowly, slowly, slowly. And then you up-res into this other world. And um, we're kind of working our way to that world. We're almost there. Yeah, that's that balance of science and art that you were talking about there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, what do you think comes next for you after the movie? Ooh, hopefully um, make more films. Uh, yep. Um, I, I think that, uh, this, the visual effects, uh, filmmaking sci-fi stuff is, is where I, that's the direction I want things to be going in. So, um, this is exactly what I want to be doing and I, I would like to just continue that. Do you have any goals for 2021? just to uh, destroy the city and the film. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got a couple, couple other projects coming up in the pipeline. So yeah, always just kind of reaching for more stuff. 
That's a good segue, Tim. Our ending question that we like to ask all our guests. Of course, the movie is about a zombie apocalypse in Boston. So we want to know, how would you survive the zombie apocalypse if it happened in Boston? Yeah, uh, I'd probably be one of the first ones to go down. Um, <laughs> the thing about zombie apocalypse is that, you know, it's like it could be your like brother or your best friend like trying to eat your face off so to me like i don't know i would feel bad for the my friends turning at the zombies and then i would i wouldn't want to just shoot him in the face so i guess i'd have to let him eat me i don't know <laughs> that was good that you also got a good balance between science and art there so it all ties together i'll do my best there well, Tim, is there anything else you want to promo or plug before I let you go? Yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to the film and uh, seeing it all come together. And uh, it's a it's a bit of a road, but it's a fun journey. So really looking forward to to finishing the path with, with everybody. Great. Fun, now there's fun just... talking about it here, too. I appreciate that. Yeah, I had a really good time. Now, there's just one more thing I need from you, and then I promise I'll let you go. Our our intro and ending bit is we have you say your name. Hi, my name is, and this is my golden hour. And then after that, hi, my name is, and that was my golden hour. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Hi, my name is Tim Montgomery, and this is my golden hour. <clears throat> hi, my name is Tim Montgomery, and that was my golden hour. That was perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tim. You're welcome. Have fun. Thank you.